0: amen we have been uh, going through the gifts of the Holy Spirit and just to refresh we'll read through that scripture again on uh, se- or not second Corinthians first Corinthians chapter 12 first Corinthians chapter 12 and we'll read through the the gifts again just to refresh our, our memory we are going to finish up with the power gifts this evening So we've been through, this is, uh, we did part part one last week of gifts of healings, and we're going to finish that up tonight. But let's start at verse four. It says, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So we have uh, went through... Uh, miracles the gift of miracles we've went through the gift of faith and we are finishing tonight on the gifts of healings and of course these are considered the power gifts that help us to act like God do the things that God does actively the power gifts and then the uh they're they're classified in three different uh groups I'm just I'm just reading reiterating the things from past uh, teachings. And then we'll get into the healing, the second part of healing. But the inspirational gifts help us to speak like God, to speak like God, and that is prophecy, tongues, And interpretation of tongues. And then there are the revelatory gifts, which help us to think like God, because he has given us the mind of Christ. All these things are accessible to us through Jesus Christ. So the discerning of spirits, word of wisdom, and word of knowledge. So they're classified in three different groups. And we are going to dive into the the gifts of healings and talk about how last week we talked a lot about faith around the gifts of healing. We talked about how uh, faith has to be the avenue in which these things flow. Everything in the kingdom of God flows through faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, right? So with faith, all things are possible. So these things have to flow Through faith. And we're going to uh, talk about uh, different ways that we can administer or minister gifts of healing gifts of healings tonight and of course if you were not here last week or the other sessions go back on our podcast king's chapel west virginia and you can catch up with all of the other previous lessons the intro the other two gifts and the part one of gifts of healing Uh, but tonight we're going to go through the ways to administer healing or the ways to minister healing the gift of healing to people and we're gonna go through a a lot of scripture and I also just wanna encourage if you have questions, Write those questions down, and we want to be able to take the opportunity that at the end, if you have questions that we haven't answered through this lesson, then please let us know. We want to be able to answer any questions that you may have. So write those down, and then at the end, I'll ask if anybody has any questions. Uh, Pastor Brad, Brother Don are going to be helping along as usual, and then uh, we will answer anything to the best of our ability and knowledge. Praise the Lord. Um, So what are we talking about when we talk about administering gifts of healings? Administering gifts of healings. These gifts, as we have said before, are available to anyone who is a Christian, anyone who has given their heart and their life to Jesus Christ. And really what it is is they've opened themselves up for the Holy Spirit to use them to flow through. So the Holy Spirit wants to be able to minister to people, But he's looking for a vessel to flow through to minister to someone else, whether that's through, I mean, even preaching, whenever someone preaches the word, they're being used as a vessel to preach the word of God to someone's spirit. That's why we can't just receive with our head. We have to receive in our spirit. There are things that we don't always understand in our head, but we can receive it in our spirit and know that the truth sets us free. And so when we receive in our spirit, we're receiving the things of God. And there is a a trust that we have to have in the Holy Spirit. We don't always know all things. We prophesy in part. We know things in part. There will come a day when we do know things, but now is not that time. And so we don't always know everything. So when we're flowing in any of these gifts, sometimes we don't always know everything. But the Holy Spirit wants you to trust in him, and he may ask you to step out in something where I don't have all the pieces. I don't have all the understanding. I don't have everything. He wants me to tell this person this, but it doesn't make sense to me. It may not make sense to you, but it will make sense to them. And because of that, as a result, they could, they could be totally touched. They could. It could be the word they needed for that day. It could be something that they just begin to cry over because they were praying to God that morning over. Whatever it may be, you don't have to have all the information, but God just needs you as a vessel to work through. So how do we administer the gifts of healing to people? Well, I first want to say we have to follow the Holy Spirit. These are not formulas. These are... Ways for us to understand biblically how the Holy Spirit moved through people. But this is not a formula where you, you go, oh, okay, well, uh, well, we'll apply oil. We'll do this. We'll do that. And, and then we should see a result. No, we have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit because God is not a formula. He wants a relationship with you. So we have to be sensitive to what he is speaking or impressing upon us, and when we do that, he may tell us to do something that may not make sense or that we're not used to. So we have to be sensitive to how he wants us to move in ministering these things. So let's go through, uh, let's go through these, and look up. We're going to look up some scriptures for each one. So the first one. The first one that I want to go through, which many of you probably are aware of, but the laying on of hands, the laying on of hands. And let's go to Luke 13, Luke 13, verse 10. It says, now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. He laid his hands on her. And of course, we know that in James, it talks also in James 5 about uh, when, if anyone is sick, call upon the elders of the church, and they will anoint you with oil. They'll lay hands on you, and those that are sick will be raised up. And so we, we see this, uh, the laying on of hands, and people might think, well, that's weird. And honestly, this is one of the things, even, even through the time of COVID, this was another thing that the enemy was combating because if people don't gather together, then there is no physical contact with people. There is no laying on of hands. There is no baptisms. There, there are no uh, praise and worship in a corporate setting. There's, there's no corporate presence of the, of the things of God. And here, even the laying on of hands, well, that can only happen when people come in to fellowship with one another. But the laying on of hands can release a a power and a faith. When someone lays hands upon another another individual in faith and it will raise them up. Jesus laid his hands on this woman that had a spirit of infirmity that caused her to be bent over for 18 years. This is something she had lived with for 18 years. And he said, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and then she straightened up she straightened up there's an impartation that can happen in the things of the spirit uh in acts 9 so let's let's flip over to acts 9 i want you guys to see these scriptures because like i said this is the year of sound doctrine and and we are going to be uh looking things up i want you to know where things are at in the bible not just have the well yeah there's some stories she told and it had to do with you know uh this guy named i want you to know where things are at acts 9 verse 10. now there was a certain disciple at damascus named ananias and to him the lord said in a vision ananias And he said, Here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. So Ananias went and he did, as the Lord told him, to lay his hands upon uh, Saul, renamed Paul, And he received his sight. It was the instruction that God had given him to lay his hands on Paul so that he could receive his sight back. The laying on of hands, the laying on of hands. Even in Mark 16, it talks about how they went out and they laid hands upon people. Jesus even told his disciples to do the same, to go out to anoint people with oil, to lay hands upon people. So laying hands on people is one way that an anointing can be transferred. And we'll get into... Well, let's go ahead and and go go through the next one that kind of goes along. Did you have anything with laying on of hands, either one of you, before we move on to the next uh, point of contact?
1: Um, I feel like it's important... With the laying on of hands because a lot of people um, it's a point of contact uh, that's the most important thing that that the, you're coming into agreement and as Pastor Miranda said you're being used as a vessel that the glory of God can flow out of your hands and, and yes it's tangible I, I follow the scripture immediately says then shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his rays or in his wings and that speaks of the glory of God, the power of God coming upon. And the reason why I say this is as, as you're believing God to receive healing, even for yourself or for others, there has to be a realize that there's a tangible. It's not, we're, they're not just laying hands on you. Well, you poor little thing. I'm just pat you on the head. It's, it's, it's a release of the anointing that God uses that vessel to release the power of God into a person's body and healing is manifested. If any two on earth shall agree as touching, any one thing that point of contact is how the Lord operates so it's important and that's why also I wanted to p- when you said that it kind of jumped in my spirit as well the Bible says lay hands on no man suddenly and watch who puts their hands on you as well we say that with wisdom the- these are people that consecrate their lives they covenant they believe in divine healing don't let somebody you know lay hands on you and say well Lord if it be thy will or, or we don't know if it's your will and, and 50-50 shot we hope we get we get healing people that are of faith because there is a relief. And as you, as you by faith receive that, I'm, I'm speaking for people that are believing God for healing tonight because it will be released into your body if you come with that aspect. that God, that's your vessel. That's why the Bible says, is there any sick among you? Let, and I'm maybe jumping ahead here. Let them call for the elders. Why is that? Because we just bring elders because we want them to do something. They're bored. No, they have an anointing upon them, and there's an anointing in their hands under the office that the Lord has anointed them to be, and that's released in the body. That's why we call people up. If I was in this church and anything battling my body, I'm I'm running to the altar. And, and, and I will call them any time, hey, Pastor, pray for me, lay hands on me, because I'm submitting myself to that lordship of Jesus and healing power flows. There is a tangible touch. It's not how eloquent their prayer is. It's the anointing that's released out of them into our bodies.
0: And, you know, just like Brother Don said, there's a reason that we have altar time. It's not... Just, you know, because it makes the pastor feel better to have all time to feel like his message did something that day. It's, it's not that. It's because we want to give people the opportunity because you can preach a message and I have no idea how, how it struck you that day. But maybe the Lord is doing something in your heart, and he's asking you to step forward. And that step of faith does something. It releases something. And many times people think, well, I can just stay in my chair and God can touch me. And it's not saying that he can't, but God responds to faith. He doesn't respond to, to people just sitting and doing nothing. He responds to faith. The Bible is full of people of faith that did. They responded in faith. And so even those moments of stepping forward and saying, God, I'm going forward in faith. That's a faith act. It's not a, well, I'll go up and we'll see if something happens. You know, it's like I talked last week. Sometimes people lose their healing because they're, they're looking for the feeling instead of understanding that this is a faith thing there are there are times you can receive your healing not here at the altar you came up for prayer you got hands laid on you and then you leave and then boom it hit you when you walk out the door or boom it hit you when you got home or the next day something happened but it was that faith act that faith response and the enemy tries to keep people from their healing many times because of they didn't feel it they didn't feel it. And then people, if they don't feel it at the altar, many times they'll walk away saying, well, I didn't receive it. And then they lost it right there because they went into doubt. So the, the laying on of hands is, is very real. I remember, uh, and, and even the idea of coming to church for healing. You know, it's, I remember one time, Gracia, uh, when we were living in Hana, we had a church service in k an hour away, you know, driving down a curvy road, uh, and and she had woke up that morning and she was vomiting. She was not feeling good. And most people, you know, they say keep your kid home. You know, all of those things. That's the normal thing to do when you're when your kid's sick. But we laid hands on her that morning, we prayed over her, and then we all load up in the car and we head to church down to K'nai. And by the time we got to K'nai, uh, I think that particular day, we were going out to Kahului because they had special services that out there that evening. So not only did it end there, but we went ahead and went out to special services that night. She was fine. So by the time we got to the church, everything was fine. We laid hands on her. She, she was not sick for the rest of the day. But But it's an act of faith. People would say, well, that's not wisdom. For us, we were stepping in faith. We're laying hands on her. We're praying over her. And by the time we get to church, she's going to be fine. And she's not going to be dealing with sickness all day long. And so many times, God is looking, where is your faith? Where is your faith at? And even sickness, and I, I believe it's one of the reasons that we don't deal with it. because. And I'm not saying we never have moments where the enemy tries to bring something on. But if we open a door to that and he knows he can keep us home by, well, if I, just, if I just throw a headache on him, if I just throw this on him, if I just throw that on him, well, that'll keep him home. But when we overcame that and we chose not to allow that to keep us home, it's like, well, the enemy's like, well, that's not working. I'm not going to keep throwing that on him because they're not going to stop. They're, they're going to keep going either way. So sometimes the enemy will try to see what will entrap you, and if it works, he'll keep laying that on because it, it, it keeps you in a stagnant place. All right, so the laying on of hands, the reason I separated that from the next one is, yeah, before I go.
2: show me how to do this. Um, in Hebrews 6, it's just a... It's a good place to remember uh, certain things and where this is at, but in Hebrews 6, chapter uh, in, in verse 1, it says, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to, uh, uh, let us go on to perfections. And one of those in there is the laying on of hands. And so there, it goes on to talk. It talks about um, not laying against the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, uh, other doctrines of baptism, uh, the laying on of hands I, and that was the one specifically that because I, I want you to understand something that a lot of people think this is for select people but this is a very elementary teaching as Brother Don was saying you know you know yeah you you, you know in a in a church service I mean we you know you are cautious about who you let just go going, going around and praying for you yes that's that's very true but in situations where you know we lived in Hana and the families were laying hands on, one another for healing. Doctor's two and a half hours away. Baby's got a fever, 104, 105. You know, something's got to be done now. So so there is a foundation and an understanding and a teaching that these are very, um, you know, as Paul puts it, you know, uh, elementary principles. And we sometimes want to hold these as, as this, these are pinnacles in in Christian faith. These are elementary principles given to the body of Christ. That's all I want to say about laying on of hands
0: yeah yeah it it should be one of the basic principles that we understand and learn coming into faith is the laying on of hands yeah and anybody can lay hands on you you can go out and pray for people and, and many times if I even if I meet someone you know I'll just let them know I'm gonna put my hand on you care if I put my hand on your shoulder you know just because that that contact with them first of all showing that I care you know, I'm showing that I care about them. But second of all, just that physical contact, a lot of times it, it, it can soften the heart of someone. And then you begin to pray, and the Holy Spirit begins to minister to their heart. And, and through that prayer, you don't know how God's going to touch them even beyond uh, what you may know or what you're saying. But the Lord will speak things through you. Um, seems like I had something else. I I did want to say, but we also do, just as an added teaching note, we also protect the altar time, too, that we don't allow everybody in the congregation to come up and and start laying hands on everybody at the altar. That's a protection thing. It's a protection for you, because there are people uh, sometimes that may want to come up, and if you just allow everybody to come up and lay hands, they don't know who's standing behind them laying hands on them. And so we will watch that. That's why we have uh, certain people that pray over people in this house, but we don't allow, because this is the, the house that we are responsible for. We teach, and then we send you out. But as for this the sanctuary we have designated people that will pray, and we don't allow everybody to just run around at the altar just laying hands. Because I've been in churches where they allow that, and some people it's uncomfortable. They're busy turning around trying to figure out who's rubbing on their back, you know, and and they're totally distracted. They're not receiving anything in the Lord because they're focused on who's who's giving me the back massage, you know, and it it becomes awkward and weird and flaky, and and then people. People, like I said a couple weeks ago, they get more concerned about, you know, they need, they need the tissues or they need this, they need that. And at that moment, the Holy Spirit is dealing with them. They don't need 25 hugs from everybody else because it gets their eyes off of God and on to others. So right now, God is needing to work on them. And you can't do what God can do. And I'm not saying, you know, that we don't give people tissues, but you get what I'm saying. All right, so the next one is kind of goes along with the laying on of hands, but I did separate it because the laying on of hands is often the, the person administering healing by laying on of hands. This next one with point of contact has more to do with someone else putting a demand on the anointing. So let's understand the, the, the difference. It's, it's not the leader laying hands, it's someone else desiring something, and that point of contact, they release their faith through that point of contact. So it's more up to uh, the individual, how they receive something. Does that make sense? It did to Brother Don. All right, let's go to, hopefully by the end of this, you'll understand it. Let's turn to uh, uh, Matthew 9. We're gonna look at some various ways that we can Release faith through a point of contact. Matthew nine. Let's uh, start at verse eighteen. It says, while he spoke these things to them, behold, a ruler came and worshiped him, saying, my daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. So Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. Now, I want to stop there, because this ruler had a point of contact, and it wasn't Jesus going out and and saying, oh, let me lay my hands on you, and you'll be healed. This ruler comes to him and said, if you come and lay your hand on my daughter— she'll be healed she'll be made whole and jesus was responding to his faith and so he gets up he follows the the ruler but in the middle of this something happens verse 20 and suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment for she said to herself if my, if only i may touch his garment i shall be made whole." well sorry Uh, But Jesus turned around and when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. So the woman with the issue of blood, if I can only touch the hem of his garment, I know I will be made whole. I know I'll be made well. If I can, this had nothing to do. And if you read in in the other gospel, it talks about how, how Jesus said, Who touched me? It wasn't that he himself was going around looking at who he could touch. This woman put a demand on the anointing by coming in behind. If I can only touch his garment, I know I'll be made whole. This is her point of contact. If I can get that garment right there, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. And so she's sneaking through the crowd and she touches it and it instantly, virtue flows into her body. The healing virtue of God flows into her body. And that's when Jesus knew, somebody touched me. And the disciples are like, What do you mean, Master? Everybody's touching you. The crowd is so big, everybody's pressing in. And he said, No, someone, it's, th- this is interpretation someone touched me on purpose. Someone touched me with intention because they had an intention to receive their healing. And so she was coming in faith. With an intention. Do we have that when we, when we come up for prayer? That I know when this happens, when he lays his hands on me, or when I do this, that I will receive my healing. And her faith had been built up because she had heard of what Jesus had been doing for other people. So she had that faith stirring in her. If I can only touch him, that was her point of contact. That was her point of contact. Uh, I think it's Dr. Rodney Howard Brown. Still, even today, he says, "Anywhere I go, when my when I get off the plane, I f- put my foot on that territory. I that is my point of contact. I claim that territory and that place for the work of God to be ministered in that city." And so there's a, a moment of time he sets his foot down and he he prays and thank you, Father, for giving us this land, for giving us the people of this city. So it's a point of contact. So we can have that as well. But if we don't understand these things, then we won't apply our faith. That's called the application of faith. All right, so that is just one. Let's go ahead and go to, um, we already went through James 5 with the anointing of oil. So let's flip over to, to Mark 6. Mark 6. Verse 13, and they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. The anointing oil, just like when it says in James 5, call upon the elders of the church and they'll come and anoint you with oil and the sick will be raised up. And it's the prayer of faith, it says. The prayer of faith will make them whole and, the, and will raise them up. So it's not that the, I mean, it's why we, we keep oil up here. Because it's for the purpose of anointing someone with oil. It's a point of contact. But if you don't understand and you just think it's some religious thing that we do, then you won't attach your faith to that. And so when you understand what's going on, there's a release of faith that happens because you understand that's a point of contact for me. So the oil itself, it's not like, you know, great value is, is putting out some great olive oil that's just much more anointed than any other olive oil at Walmart. It's the fact that we pray over it and we believe we consecrate it for that purpose. And we say this is, this is the anointing oil that we use. I mean, even when uh, Emma was here and, and uh, her foot ha- was hurt and, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of oil used. <laughs> but, you know, Pastor Brad told her to take her sock and her shoe off and anointed it with oil. And, and her foot was healed. And she didn't have any more problems with it after that. But that oil, it, it's a point of contact. I call it one of the mysteries of God. You can't explain it. It's a mystery of God that he gives us at using a physical object on this earth to make a connection with a spiritual heaven. And so it, it's, you're able to, to make that, um, that translation from the spiritual into the physical through a physical element because it's a point of contact. It's not the oil, it's what? Faith. It's faith because it activates your faith. All right, let's uh, talk about another one. Acts, turn to Acts 5. I want you to see various ways of, of how people use this, this manner of uh, a point of contact. Acts 5, verse 15. Well, read 14 because it kind of starts in the middle there. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord multitudes of both men and women so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. So what were they attaching their faith to? The shadow of Peter and it and it says that and also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits and they were all healed people were coming just so that Peter's shadow would fall on them as a point of contact it wasn't that Peter's shadow itself was healing people it was the point of contact that when his shadow fell upon people, that's where their faith was released. So that point of contact. Let's do uh, Acts 19, verse 11. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Handkerchiefs and aprons, that's why uh, sometimes we have prayer cloths. There are times, again, you have to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. These are not formulas that this is just what I do every single time. You follow the lead. There are times that, that I may say, you know what? We're going to anoint this, this uh, material, and, and I want you to put this under the pillow. I want you to put this in their backpack. I want you to put this in their purse, whatever it may be. And, and we're going to pray over this, and, and we're going to believe that, that there's going to be a release from this because it, it, the tangible anointing, just like when she touched the hem of his garment and virtue flowed, we're doing that with, with a cloth. And so that's what, and it says, unusual miracles. And that's the other element, too. I want you to understand that it's not just healings, but also miracles. These things can be released in miracles as well. Um, The last one I want to touch on is in 1 Corinthians, and this one, this one is a big one. Because I think 1 Corinthians chapter 11 I don't think a lot of people understand the depth of of this one. 1 Corinthians 11, and I'm going to start at 27. Therefore, whoever eats this bread, this is talking about communion, okay? For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. That means death. He's saying, there have been some that have taken communion in an unworthy manner where they they don't have things right in their life. And they're, they're... they're sinning or they haven't repented or they have ought against their brother or they're, they're doing something in their life where it's not right. They take communion and what they don't understand is this is a covenant act. And the blood of Jesus, it represents the blood and the blood was shed for that covenant. And so when we take that, it stands in judgment of anything in our body that is not Right. So when we, that's why it says evaluate yourself. Make sure things are right in your life before you do this. Because if not, then you could be drinking judgment upon yourself. And that's why he says many of you are weak and, you, and you're sick and even death has happened because of the judgment that has come upon you by the communion, even though it's a covenant act. But if we're outside of the covenant, it comes under judgment. You see it happen in the Old Testament when the enemy would get a hold of the Ark of the Covenant and the Ark of the Covenant in the enemy's camp brought curse. Right? But the Ark of the Covenant in the hands of the right people, of God's people, brought blessing. So when we eat and drink that communion, then it's a representation. If, we are, if we're right with the Lord and our conscience is clear before the Lord, then it's a blessing and anything in our body that is from the enemy comes under that judgment. Now, that's a blessing because if you have sickness in your body that's from the enemy, it comes under that judgment of the blood. If you have something in your life that was sent by the enemy, it comes under the judgment of the blood. So communion is a very powerful thing. But if you don't understand its importance, then you won't understand the faith that you need to attach. When we go through communion, that's what I'm doing every single time. And I'm thanking God, for, first of all, for that covenant. If there's anything in me, I'm evaluating myself. And if I need to repent or if we need to, to make anything right, we do that. But if, if I understand that there's anything in my body, whether I'm aware of it or not aware of it, I know and I declare that it comes under the judgment of the blood. People can receive healing through communion. There's been people that have, I know even Hai Lama, our daughter-in-law, has, has received uh, healing in that way before. You know, she had uh, a lump, and she, we prayed over her, and she felt by the Holy Spirit to take communion for, I can't remember if it was a week or three days, do you remember? Three days. So she took communion for three days, and at the end of those three days, that lump was no longer there. But it, it was the release of faith that she had because of the power of communion and that point of contact. You guys have anything?
1: Yeah. Two things I wanted to, to address there. Um, the, the first thing, a lot of times when you, when you study this, and we, we prefaced everything in the beginning here with teach sound doctrine. And that's important. That's why scripturally we're showing e- each area of these way that healing works because there are a lot of gimmicks. And many times people will fall and go, "What well, this preacher is selling holy anointed oil. And they're saying if I just go do do this. And people are, are caught up in those things. And it gets into uh, mysticism and, and goofy stuff. And we're not about goofy. We're about gospel. And I just want to emphasize that, that these things are in there for a purpose because you can get – a mindset well that's just that's foolishness that's not of God and we don't want to get over into that area but that's where you you validate it with the word of God and and the holy spirit will help us in these areas because i can set my faith that way i can say well lord just as pastor Miranda said if god touched someone else through communion i can set my faith that way if i'm battling in my body and i take communion through that act of obedience, what the word says, then there's a release of the anointing to touch my body and healing comes. So it's not, there's nothing sketchy about it. It's doctrinally sound. So everything, we're t- the, we're, again, we're going over in here, healing the shadow. Well, what's that mean? Just line up against the wall there and let my shadow heal you. You know, that sounds goofy, but it's in the Bible. And I really felt this in my spirit when we, when we were talking about this because, uh, and I'll, I'll just tell a real quick story, but I don't put limitations on God. I, on the way to heal somebody, Jesus healed somebody. It didn't go, well, I'm sorry, all the, all, the, all the juice is gone. I've got nothing left over. Can't raise anybody dead today. The woman done stole all the juice. No, there was enough anointing. There's enough healing. And when you place a demand, and I love when she, that, that's the key, place a demand. You say, well, that's not right. You know, I was praying for a guy one time. He said, well, you're awful bossy with God. He told me to be. Place a demand on the anointing. He said, he said ask of me. In other words, you, you, one uh, scripture says, command ye me concerning the works of my hand. So he's asking for that. The Lord's saying, pull on that anointing. I've got an abundant supply. But I'll tell you real quick a story. Brother Shamblock was there was a lady that was blind that was in one of his services. And she came forward and said, Brother Shambok, I want you to pray for me. So he started laying hands on her, And she said, no, spit in my eyes. And he looked at her and said, woman, you're out of your mind. I ain't going to spit in your eyes. And the woman literally, she goes, Brother Shambach, I said, spit in my eyes. And Brother Shambach said, well, I'm not going to do that. I mean, she, he's like, you, you'll get me kicked out of here. And the woman said, are you better than Jesus? He said, I knew right where she was going. When Jesus knelt, took the mud, he sped in it and rubbed it in the I man. He said, you know what? I wasn't about to deny that woman's faith. He said, I've got it, coughed up the biggest, you know, what I could. And he said, he rubbed them in her eyes. And when he took his hands away, he said those, those cataracts that were blinding her eyes dissolved off. And he said, I saw two of the most beautiful blue eyes staring back at me. Why do I say that? Because don't, don't limit God. And don't look at well. That's, that's goofy. That's, well, if it's your miracle, you'll be like Naaman said, why, why do I got to go to the River Jordan? There's many other rivers that are cleaner. You're going to make me go down there and dip seven times? He, it's just the obedience of faith. Whatever te- he tells you to do, to do it. If it's through the laying on of hands, your pastor say, "Listen, we've anointed this prayer cloth. We're praying over it. your family's sick in the hospital. They can't get in there to pray for them. You take that cloth as a point of contact. There's a tangible anointing in that cloth. When it touches their body, they're set free." and they're healed instantly. So don't limit God. And I, I really feel it in this last hour because I, the Bible says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor, neither hath they entered in the heart of man the things he's prepared. So what God's about to do in the earth is it's in culmination. And what has been, I, I, I would say, you know, just like you said, if you see people lining up against the wall and somebody walking by, say, do it, Lord. <laughs> Touch them with your, let that shadow drive out everything. Let sickness be released. So, Take the limitations off, but always be grounded in the word. That's where you'll get keep out of a place of error when you hear goofy stuff or things that, you know, people's, people selling oil is not, is not the anointing. I'm not knocking, what, but, but that's not, the, the, the anointing can't be purchased. Even when the, the, you know, the Bible says a sorcerer, what did he do? to said, give me this power that I may also lay hands. He was seeking gain. He wanted to sell it. And, and, and he was, blindness was, was put upon him, so
2: just to stress because i know you covered this last week but it's just a it's a great reminder about healing because you know healing not only happens and can happen in the natural body where where like a lump or something can be dissolved or a foot can be healed but it but you know there's there's emotional healing there's spiritual healing and those are things that i, I know that you you really did you, you talked about last week but but you know i, I you know I've, it's been on my mind a lot but i you know, what's taking place in Asbury, Kentucky right now, there's a revival breaking out of, of prayer and worship, and busloads of people are coming, flocking in now, close to 50 campuses uh, are, are now breaking out in revival. People are going into a meeting and getting touched emotionally, spiritually, and physically. So healing's not just a, a, a physical manifestation God can, you know, God can heal you of unforgiveness like that, and and I think sometimes, like, you know, uh, you know, He can heal you of offenses or hurt or something bad that's happened in your life. I mean, you know, if we, by show of hands you don't have to, but if we went around the room by show of hand, who who in here has been hurt by people? And then, or yeah, I'd said not by a show of hands, but but you know, but you know, everybody keep your hand down. So, but who in here has really, really, really been hurt by people, and you know, and then everybody's hands would still go up. So, so to think about this, God, God wants to heal our emotional side just as well as our physical side. But it, it watch this though, because it's so important that you find that very same healing that you can get for your body. It's the same element of faith that, if applied. It's that stepping in faith. I, I remember when God healed me of, you know, uh, you know honestly, offenses. And I, I don't get a I you know, I, I've been hurt. Yeah, we've all been hurt. But, but God, I, I learned a very valuable lesson, and I had to walk in an area of forgiveness in my life over a situation. And as a result of walking in that forgiveness, I don't carry unforgiveness in my heart anymore. It was something I was delivered from, and it's something that I don't have to carry. And not that I, not that I'm not under pretenses of being hurt. I just know now how to operate through the area of forgiveness, and I go to my heavenly Father because that that's the that's the that's the core of that. But but healing can come through other. You know, please please understand that. You know, God wants to heal every part of us. Our emotions, our our spiritual, uh, you know, uh, spiritually, He wants us healed as well. You know, people sometimes. Anyway, I just want to cover that. I don't know if you have anything else to say around that, but I know that that was, I just feel it's so important to cover healing from different viewpoints because it's, you know, yeah, I, we, we've, we you know, I mean, it, by show of hands, who in here has been healed of things like that over the last few years? Yeah, we many of us have, right? I mean, so praise God. God is good. Zephan raised up two hands, so, yeah, so...
0: Um, and it doesn't excuse us from following the the commandments of there God. You go. Understand Obedience. that. Like, well, you know, I'll get over it when God just supernaturally heals me, so I don't have to work at this. No, it doesn't excuse you from from operating in unforgiveness. Because many times what happens is we have to choose these things and then the revelation comes as well. Because with inner healing, many times it's the revelation of who God is. When you realize how you've hurt someone and how you've been towards someone and then you realize, uh, you know, I'm not squeaky clean. I've done things to people, and, and whether ignorantly or on purpose, but I've caused things, pain and hurt to people. And so, therefore, if they would hold that against me, and God would hold that against me, then it's it's not right. So if he forgives me, I have no right to hold something against someone else. I have to leave that between God and them and release the them to god and not hold them in a bondage because it only hurts yourself anyways it's not like they're sitting at home you know crying tears because you're you're (laughs) holding bitterness towards them you know it's like you drinking poison and wishing that they would die from it it doesn't work that way it poisons you and does nothing to them
1: just along that james chapter 5 verse 15 says and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man, a righteous person, is powerful and effective. So, I wanted to emphasize that because what Pastor is saying and Pastor Miranda, you can hinder healing in your life through unforgiveness. Through that, what he's talking about, he the healing in your mind is literally repentance in that area that you're not holding anything against anybody. He said, how can your Heavenly Father forgive you if you're unwilling to forgive your brother of his trespass? That's why it says go, and before you offer your gift, make it right with your brother. So sometimes people, why isn't the Lord healing me? I've asked, I've come in faith believing. But when there's a hindrance there, that's unfor- it's, unforgiveness is what it is. That's, that's even you've been offended. Well, you're un- you're, There's unforgiveness in your heart. You're wanting the Lord to touch you, but you're holding something against your brother. So a lot of times the Lord will put his finger. Again, another story, Brother Shambaugh was praying for a lady and that very thing. She came every night, and he kept laying hands on her. He laid hands on everybody. For five nights in a row, the woman just didn't get healed. She walked away still infirmed. And then finally, the last night, after he said, he he said, bothering him, he was like, this woman, he felt genuine faith out of her. And finally, she came to the altar, and she said, all right, she literally yelled out and said, all right, Lord, I'll pay my tithe. When she spoke that out of her mouth and repented, she instantly was made whole, and healing came upon her body. So that's important to know, because as we're talking about the gifts of healing, we also want to know what hinders healing. Because that's why Why am I not healed? What you know? Do I not have enough faith? There are things that hinders Pastor Brad. Say, I would that your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless. If we have things in our mind that the enemy's using as a stronghold, that's got to be released and forgiven, so we can re- have the power of God released and touched in t- to touch our bodies.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The more you understand God's ways and His doctrine and you walk in that, the more protected you are. And, and, you know, just like that, honoring the Sabbath is another one. The more you, you honor the Sabbath, the more you follow the, the doctrine of tithe and offering and, and you walk in that, the more that you serve, these things actually are protection in your life. The more that we have tapped into these things over the years, the more that we have seen God has protected us and kept us in in every way and, and not... You can tell the difference between the world and, and what God has done and what he keeps you from because you don't look like the world. You're not exposed to the things that they're exposed to. The one thing I do want to uh, add to what Brother Don said is like um, the the lady that said, spit in my eyes. You know, she had a faith from a word that was pressing in her spirit. Now, when that happens, she had the faith for that. You said it was Shamrock shambach didn't have the faith for that at that moment but that woman did and so all he had to do was ride on her faith because she had it and that's why I said there are times that that you may have the gift of faith rise up in you and you feel it and that person may not have it but you have the gift of faith to administer that and so you're you're operating out of your faith but then it's the opposite also there are times when someone else says if you just do this and you pray for me I I know this is going to happen and that's their point of contact and you may not even you, you may not have even been dwelling on their situation you may not even know a whole lot about it but you can tell like they have a faith around that and so you can join in faith with them and see something happen the other thing i want to say is around the strange doctrine of you know like making things a formula uh we we knew a of a a guy that they'd seen a lot of miracles happen through baptism. Well, then it was like they had started, uh, this one particular person had seen a lot of healings and a lot of miracles through baptism. And it was like there was anointing on that for him. But then there were some others that came in behind and tried to make that a doctrine and they tried to copy that very same thing and they weren't seeing the results that he was seeing. And a lot of times people can get off into false things because not that baptism itself is false, but you're trying to make something uh, into where you're not depending upon the relationship with the Lord and the revelation because that guy probably had had a revelation and an anointing for that at some point. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you run with someone else's uh, anointing and revelation. If, that's, if you're creating a formula out of that, instead of uh, hearing the voice of the Lord... All right, let's let's talk about the uh, obedience to instruction, the third one. So we, we have laying on of hands, we have point of contact, obedience to instruction. And brother Don kind of mentioned that already with um the with if you remember the story of Naaman, um he uh, goes into to Elisha, and he's like, you know, he's got leprosy, and he needs healed of this. And, of course, Elisha didn't even come out. He sends his servant, Gehazi, and, and tells him, go tell him to wash in the, in the river, in the Jordan River, seven times, go dip in that, and he'll be healed. And he's like, that, that river's ugly. It's dirty. Why, why would I want to go down there? There's better rivers in my country where I live. You know, he didn't want to do it. But his servant was like, just, why don't you just obey? Would it really take that much to obey, and he obeyed the word of the man of God, and so he goes and he does that, and instantly, he's healed, and because he obeyed the instruction of the word that had been given to him, uh, even, uh, I'm, I'm just going to give you these scriptures, you can write them down for the sake of time, uh, Mark 3, 2, the man with the withered hand, uh, Jesus, he had, he He's in a, uh, the, t- the temple, the synagogue, um, and the man has a withered hand. And he tells the man, stretch out your hand. And as he does, he stretches out his hand, and his hand is made whole. But that, think of that. The withered hand means that it has come up and it had withered, and so now he can't stretch it out. Jesus was commanding him to do something he could not do. It's just like Peter Whenever he said to, when he looks at the guy and tells him to get up, and he he puts his hand down to help him up because he was lame and he couldn't walk, and so these instructions are instruction, instructions that go against what they're physically able to do, but out of obedience they do it. Pick up your mat and walk to a paralyzed guy that couldn't walk at all. He's laying on a bed. He's paralyzed, but Jesus told him, pick up your mat and walk. Are you crazy? It's obedience to the word of instruction. All right, so that's number three. That was number three. Even when Emma was here, and, you know, Pastor Brian goes, take off your shoe. Take off your sock. And you can see some people's faces. You know, they're like, oh, I'm glad he's not asking me that because I, I wouldn't want to take off of my shoe and my sock in front of everybody. And, and you can see it on her face a little bit too, like, are you for real? You know, and, but she did it. She did it. She was obedient to the instruction. And a lot of times people think, well, that wasn't some anointed moment. I didn't feel the anointing. There's an instruction in faith that's given. Pastor Brad was only being obedient to what he was being told to do. Whether you felt anything or not, she was obedient to it, and she received her healing. Um, Did you guys have anything for that?
2: You have, you have multiple things there though, like e- even like a, a word of knowledge, even even like how a word. And I know we're not talking about that. However, you may have a word over that that would correspond with with the action to to do something like that because you wouldn't you wouldn't know any other way. Brian's foot, I seen that in a. I don't know how I s- I seen it so but I seen the action before the action ever took place. Same scenario with Emma, and I wasn't even thinking about that. There were two similar things where people's foot, you know, their feet were healed because of oil, uh, you know. I never even thought about it until tonight, but but it was the action thereof. But um, but even even that, that happens, it, it's happened both times, like, through a word. So... Um, yeah, I'll, I'll leave that for now. I I, I don't want to. Yeah, because we'll get, get into, into all that.
0: of that later when we get into the word of word of knowledge, word of wisdom. Um. Did you have a question, Ryan? No, I thought you was getting ready to s- to ask something earlier. All right. So the fourth one. Let's go to the fourth one. I know I'm speeding up, but I'm trying to get through this so we're not in in part three next week. Uh, the the fourth one. I only have this one and one other, is uh, to send the word, to send the word. The Bible says that he sent his word and healed our diseases. And, of course, the word is Jesus Christ. And, of course, in Matthew 8, Chapter 5, you have the, the centurion, this, the story of the centurion soldier. And I'm going to go ahead and read it to you, Matthew 8, 5. It says, now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him, because that's where most people's faith was. I will come and heal him. You know, because it was it was constant. Come and heal, come and lay hands on. But this is what the servant said, the centurion or the centurion. He answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak. A word and my servant will be healed and he says for I am also a man under authority having soldiers under me I say to this one go and he goes and to another come and he comes and to my servant do this and he does it and when Jesus heard it he marveled and said to those follow who followed assuredly I say to you I have not found such great faith not even in Israel he's saying outside of israel those that that aren't even in the faith of israel a roman centurion soldier understands authority and because he understood authority you tell I tell this one go when he goes I tell this one come and he comes I also am a man under authority and I know you are under authority and there you do what you see your father doing and if you just send your word I know that it they'll, they'll be healed my servant will be healed and so Jesus marveled there's only a couple times that the word says that he marveled at their faith And so this was one of those moments. He marveled at their faith because they didn't need him to come and lay hands. He said, just send the word. Send the word. And so when we pray many times, what happens if you can't go lay hands on someone? What happens if you... you, can't give them a prayer cloth. We got a a phone call last evening. Uh, We need prayer. This is what's going on. So we just gathered right there and we prayed over a situation, sending the word to heal in that place. And so sending the word to heal a disease. Now there's times when a word will rise up in your spirit. Sometimes I've, you know, referenced the time that, Uh, Lisa's husband Joey was on his way to the hospital. A word rose up in our spirit to proclaim over that situation out of the word of God. There are times that God will give you a word for a situation, and that's the word to continue to declare over that. And you may have to stand on it. You may have to declare it time and time and time again. But it shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. Sending the word. And a word, understand that many times it's because that word comes from a revelation that you have. You understand. It's like your eyes have been open to the power of that word. How many of you have read the word of God before and been like, yeah, I've read that a lot of times, but I read it this time and, man, I have never seen that before. It hit me different this time. That's a revelation. It's like your spiritual eyes come open to it, and God is showing you something else in that behind the the physical that you've never seen before. That's the revelation, and it gives you faith. And so when you get a revelation of something, many times that word is the revelatory word that you're sending. All right, the last one, the last one. There are times that we have to rebuke. With authority and cast out. Rebuke with authority and cast out. I'm going to read out of Mark chapter 9, verse 14. And when he, Jesus, came to the disciples, He saw a great multitude around him and scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeting him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd uh, answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. And he answered them and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him, and when he saw him, he immediate, the, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked to the father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said, if you can believe... All things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, he repented. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people had come running together he rebuked the unclean spirit saying to it deaf and dumb spirit i command you to come out of him and enter him no more then the spirit cried out convulsed him greatly and came out of him and he became as one dead so that many said he is dead but jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose and when he came into the house his disciples asked him privately why could we not cast it out and he said to them this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting and so there are times when things can be going on in a in a person that has a spiritual root there can be a a demonic spirit that's at work and that thing needs to be cast out and you cannot ask the enemy to leave you have to command it to leave god has given you authority think of it this way if there was a a police let's say you go uptown somebody goes into one of the convenience stores starts robbing it is leaving and the cop shows up and says hey you need to stop and and they're just like well make me and the cop goes oh can you stop doing that please please let's just talk about it okay uh you know let's talk about you know, why are you doing this? Is there something in your childhood that made you do this? Is there, you know, why are you acting this way? And, and they're not getting it. The guy's just like, Pff, you know, and he walks off. And then, then the cop calls the mayor, can you come down here and arrest this guy, please? And the mayor's going to be like, uh, I gave you jurisdiction to do that. Take authority and do it. That's what I'm paying you to do. That's what Jesus has given to us, authority and dominion. He has given us his name. He's given us the blood of Jesus Christ. He died on the cross, took the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and gave them to us. And that's what he calls the church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He has given us authority. The reason many people don't have victory is because they don't know the authority that they have. So they start... Uh, playing around, they don't realize it, but they're just they, they're they're kind of hanging out with the enemy, and they don't know that they have to take authority over it. So there are certain times that even if you're praying for someone, you have to command certain things to leave. You have to bind them and command them to leave. It's not a matter of asking them. You don't have to ask its name. You don't have to ask it to leave. You tell it to leave by the authority that's been given to you. You are a child of God and he has given you all authority. Let's turn over to Mark 16 and we'll we'll finish with that. Mark 16
2: I, can I say something real quick around that? Because yeah. e- even to understand that when 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 you're dealing with uh, something like that, it is a command. It is the authority, as you said. And um, you praying in the Holy Spirit doesn't command a demon out of someone. Demons will not leave. They They, they may not know that voice. They may not know that spirit, but a demon has to be commanded out. You may pray in the Spirit for revelation or knowledge, but that demon will not go by you praying in the Holy Spirit. I had a good friend. He was in South America, and, um, and he, he, said, he said we had done everything we knew to do, and he said that's where we started at. But anyway, long story short, you have to command. You have to take authority. So, and just... Um, you know that's a whole other something maybe to cover later. So, yeah, it is. I'm sorry I'm bringing up other topics, but
1: no, I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up because Pastor Brad, what you were talking about just a few minutes ago was about piggybacking. The love that gifts will work, and, and the disciples said, why why could we not cast it out? And it's important to know that sometimes there's the the uh, it's not the it's not the work the gifts of healing that's operating there, but instead it's the discerning of spirits. And it's the gift of faith. You don't bring healing to a spirit. We're not asking this, the spirit to be healed. We're asking, the Bible says if the strong man is bound, so he has to be bound and removed, and then the, the, the vessel can be filled with the spirit. So it's important to realize in those situations that there are, there are spirits of infirmities. That will attach themselves to people. If you uh, you have sickness over and over, sometimes it's a spiritual thing where a demon spirit—not the person's possessed, but a demonic spirit has attached themselves, and that person is constantly battling physically over and over. And it's all different areas. It's never never in one specific area. even. sometimes they're battling this and this. It's a spirit of infirmity. So you don't you can pray for healing all day long, and you can release healing, but there's there's, uh, there's other uh, hitchhikers <laughs> that are present, and you have to take authority and bind that strong man. And then what happens? The healing, th- what it was was that was actually hindering them from walking in health. Once that, b- that strong man is bind and, and cast out, then healing flows in their body, and they can operate in that healing. So it's important to realize, again, these gifts, because you say, well, does she need healing or does she need deliverance? You know, that, that's important to know because if a person like Pastor Brad, I, we're praying for this and nothing's happening. It's the discerning, okay, Lord, help me. Why, why are they not receiving their healing? Because there's, there's a spirit of infirmity or thou deaf and dumb spirit. He couldn't speak. He couldn't hear. Well, what was it? Was, the, the, uh, what's his name that got his ear cut off? Malchius. When Peter cut his ear off, it wasn't a deaf or dumb spirit. He just had an ear that was missing. And Jesus took his ear, put it back up, and that was gifts of healing that restored his ear and made it perfectly whole. However, other points where people, there, there's a spirit there that's causing death. Thou foul, deaf, dumb spirit come out in the name of Jesus. Immediately when that spirit goes out, then he's restored to his hear- hearing.
0: Yeah, and that's why it's so important that, that you don't formulize everything. You have to allow these, that's, and that's why you can't have someone say, well, I have the gifts of healing, and they never operate in discerning of spirits, and they never operate in a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom, because these things flow alongside one another many times. And so how are you going to administer healing if you need a word of knowledge that this person, the reason their healing is hung up is because of this, not because of they they need a, a, a supernatural thing to happen with their... Uh, physical body, but it's actually a spiritual root. There's a lot of sickness and disease caused by spiritual roots. Unforgiveness is one of them. If people uh, stay in a place of bitterness and unforgiveness, it causes physical problems in their body. And so these things... Uh, you have to flow in the in the gifts of the Spirit and allow yourself to be open to all of the gifts, not just say, "Well, I have I have the gift of prophecy and that's it." No, it's you. Y- that's why it says that he that the Holy Spirit gives severally as he wills because he knows what is needed for that situation. We don't know, but the Holy Spirit knows, and he will reveal those things to us as we open ourselves up to allow him to speak to us and show us things. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, let me Let me finish with this. With this scripture here, there's so much more. I mean, really, there's so much more we could go into, but um, even even Jesus rebuked uh, the fever with Peter's mother-in-law. He rebuked the, the fever, and and helped her up, and then she was she was healed. Um, Matthew eight sixteen also said that they uh, went around and they cast out spirits with a word. You don't have to get into this wrestling match uh, with a spirit. It's the authority of Jesus Christ in his name that, that he has given to you. So the, these uh, ideas that you have to spend three hours wrestling with a, a demon, not physically, but in this you know, war with it, that's not true. You can use the name of Jesus. It's by his blood and by his name. You have to be uh, open to the, the voice of the Holy Spirit, though. Because he knows exactly what's going on and what needs to happen. That's usually the hang-up. If something's not getting done, it's because we're not listening to the Holy Spirit and we're trying to do something in a formalized way. Uh, Mark 16, 15. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. This is, this is the commission he's given to us. Each one of us. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Not might recover, they will recover. This is the commission and the authority that he has given every believer that chooses. Does anybody have any questions? We
2: don't go playing with snakes and we don't just go around drinking deadly poison though. So just to put yeah. that out there, we're we're not bringing snakes on Sunday and and that you know, there's yeah. wisdom